Got every yeah. tool sitting on the side of the cage. If a player actually uses it, if Xander Bogarts goes and uses it, then it's a good product. Yeah. If Rafael Devers uses it, it's a good product. If J.D. Martinez goes and uses it, dude, I feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose, and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. Fellas, 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 and the lady. And the lady. There he is. <laughs> we are back with another episode of The Farm. A special guest today, the, the notorious, doesn't need an intro, been on the podcast probably. I think you've been on the podcast more than everybody now. I don't think anybody's hit a, a triple. Triples, that's the third time around. That's 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 something special there, Bob. So, you know, you can go ahead and give your give your own little intro. You're doing some interesting things yeah. uh, nowadays. So get, let the people know. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I just tweeted a picture of the setup. <laughs> so uh, really cool to be here. Really cool to see what you built. Happy for you. Proud of you. Um, and excited to be on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and again, if you want, um, I think on the last episode, obviously at ABCA, when we were together, we had uh, um, talked a lot about um, a lot of the things that you guys were um, building as well. And I know, again, along with it, like you're getting closer and closer to some things as well. And I'm, th I'm sure we'll get into a bunch of things to unpack. Um, I think uh, one of the things you've gotten to of late, I've been, do have been doing a lot of uh, different events. Um, why don't you kind of open some of that though? Because I think it's also in the sense that it's been leading to a lot of contextually to like some of the tweets and some of the things you've been talking a lot more about lately and it seems to be around um since you've been more like watching more youth baseball i think in a lot of sense and also some of the top players in the country why don't you kind of just like open up kind of what you've been doing and then also you know um where your mind's been at yeah so with Peltero, we're it's a different approach to just seeing the game and uh whether we're using technology to gather data whether we're using our eyes to gather data uh, we're doing a lot of stuff that hasn't been done before that is creating new perspective. So uh, a lot of my tweets and a lot of the stuff I'm talking about right now is we're, we're in, in process, we're pretty deep into it with making it so we can track and use game data as much as possible. Because in an ideal world, we want to we wanna program off of game data more than training data. Because that's the real test. It's what's actually happening when it matters. So some of the stuff that we're looking at with timing, some of the stuff we're looking at with accuracy, we're, we're, we're creating metrics around things that have never had metrics before. Mm. It's, it's also based off of like real baseball wording and real baseball terminology. Yeah. So when you're watching, like if I sit down and I watch every single Juan Soto at bat for the year, there's things that stand out that are so glaring. And then I go and watch Joey Gallo's at bats for the year. Mm. And it's painful to go from Soto, who's having a bad year. He's mm. having an OPS right around 900. And then watching Gallo, who, if he could just get on time with certain aspects. And mm. how how are we defining timing as well? Yeah, There's multiple elements to it. So mm. uh, then, then we're doing all these events with the New Balance Future Star Series. And I'm, you know, I was in Fenway Park two weeks ago. I was at University of Arizona. We were at the Frisco Rough Riders, um, expecting to be at the Dominic in the Dominican next weekend. Mm. So we're seeing high-end talent. We're seeing the major league players. We're if you if you pay attention to things, there's gaps. There's things that 
Right? Kids can have good swings and be terrible in games. Mm. And if you just ignore that, if you just pretend that that isn't reality, you can't actually help the kids. It's really frustrating yeah. to have to try to help and have people just attack you for mm. having the bigger conversation. Yeah. Well, I think it's also you know pretty interesting. Um, also for you. Um, oh, before I get into that too, say, do you want um, to slightly? He's Mike three. Do you want to slightly turn him up? Because I'm thinking later on he's gonna be yeah he's gonna be quiet compared to me. When we raise all of it, it'll be good. You want to do a test real quick? Test. So where are you going to sit? Yeah, right. Yeah, sit right there. Sit back like how you normally talk. Oh, yeah. I can, I need to do I'm going to put the mic right up in my face. There you go. You're good. I'll put it right. Because you know me. I get loud and animated. So yep. then they'll turn me up, and then you'll be quiet. It'll sound like a Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. No, no. He is, yeah. And especially to me, I'm like, yeah, so when you turn me up, it's going to be, yeah. Anyways, well, okay, cool. Um. No, I think it's an interesting thing for you um, in that aspect because I think that you previously were the opposite. Not pre you being the opposite, but that you were seen as the opposite. Obviously, coming out with you know your ebook and all those things back in the day were when nobody wanted to talk about movement and nobody wanted to talk about mechanics. And then getting coined as, oh, well, you're just the swing guy and you know, leg kick, bat tips, all that other stuff which I've referenced a couple of times, um, through the podcast. And, um, and I think obviously, you know, with that, um, there's a unique spot where then obviously as well, um, from that. And again, if anybody knows you personally and has had conversations with you personally, like they know the opposite side of things, I think it's a unique thing. And me and you talk a lot about that on like social media. Um, it's how easy it is to get portrayed as one thing or another. And for example, that's still happening. Like even now where again, ex ex uh, exactly like the other day, and I even re responded um, in the same way because contextually, we, we usually do that to each other's tweets. Is like, I know you're not saying this, but people might be seeing, seeing this. And also, too, if they don't know you and they're only getting you in that vacuum, they might perceive it as X. And so, like, for example, like, you know, and again, you went in on that thread as you're posting about, you know, uh, hitters and how they're getting focused, obviously, on everything being movement. Or also, I think the deeper thing that you were bringing up there is more about actually identifying what the root issue actually is. It's not that it isn't movement. There is times where a hundred, again, there's a lot of times where guys move like crap, guys that move better, have better chances to be more consistent when it comes into, uh, you know, the best in the world do, do things different than other people. Um, but with that being said as well, there's also a lot of things contextually that are, can you actually identify as a hitter what the real issue is here as well? And again, along with that, if I am focused on being on time, if I am focused on doing some of these things, and again, uh, emotionally, where am I at? All this stuff, it is going to change how I move. So it, 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 they go both ways, you know, where we talk about, again, if I change my intent where I'm going to hit a home run this at bat or I'm going to move this guy over, well, my, my movements are going to be very different. How I enter the zone is going to be probably most likely very different, especially if you're a good hitter and you know how to create those outcomes. And, you know, I think along with that, though, it's so hard <laughs> for everybody that likes to consume things in these snapshots um, within where society has gone, where everybody wants um, somehow they want within a minute time frame or a couple tweets that somehow you're supposed to hit every layer of contextual information. Um, and really what it boils down to is that 
um, I think John Maxwell, me and Jarrell were talking about this the other day. John Maxwell talked about how in any of his talks or any of these things, he's like, I'm just not that good of a communicator. And he doesn't mean it like I'm not a good communicator. What he means is like, I'm not a good enough communicator to be able to say things one time or in one tweet or in one video and like contextualize everything that's happening within, you know, the human body, let alone hitting all those other things. And he's like, and I never will be at the same time. I'm working on being a better communicator every single day. But if you're looking at one of my posts and thinking that we're hitting every layer of context right now, and this is the end all be all. And this one statement is it. And this one liner, this little bumper sticker is, is there is how easily like with you is like you've had enough time in the market where like you literally have kind of receiving both ends, right? Where you've gone all movement. And then also to, you know, where, or they've seen from their perspective, all movement or all, you know, the opposite way where it's like movement isn't important. Um, and I think you've also done, um, you know, a good job where the, where, what the market was missing at one time or another at one time, like it was, it was, everything was so far down one branch. And then also too, where now people are starting to gain awareness in this other area. And there's much more to be learned about movement still. That's still so misunderstood, but also at the same time, there's this dichotomy of, of both of all these other things that go into actually being a baseball player. And it's people want it to be simple and they want it to be a bumper sticker and they want it to be all these, those other things. When in reality, like there's infinite depth that you could go in so many different ways. Yeah. I, I don't really subscribe to the whole people want the, you need to introduce things to people in, in the short snippets and you need to have the intro, but long form has a big role in this. If you're going to, if you're going to dive into the deep, deep into the details, if somebody's going to become a real customer or client of you and there's a real relationship being built, you got to get in the weeds. Mm -hmm. you, the holistic view. That's the, the hot word with MLB teams right now is that mm -hmm. this holistic approach, which is, it's, it's real. I get that. Um, when I first started writing about mechanics, mechanics were the thing that people weren't talking about. So mm -hmm. everything that I was writing about had the, the layers of mechanics and approach and toughness and accuracy yeah. that was, that was already there. Yeah. So now it's so heavy into mechanics that yeah. people aren't having the other conversations or they, yeah. They want the mechanics to be the answer to everything. Yep. And whether that's because they don't know about the other things, they don't have a grasp on it, they don't value it, they don't... I mean, I, I got attacked this weekend about timing that I don't talk about timing or my... Boy. So I, I wrote a book. You talk about it twice. I wrote a book. <laughs> I, did, I didn't post this, but I wrote a book, put it out in 2013. Yeah. 2013, almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Most of the draft was done this time, so 10 years ago. Yeah. So the written content is like 160 pages and it's big font because I wanted people to read it fast. Mm. The word timing appears on 39 of those pages. Mm. So in 25% of the book about mechanics, 25% yeah. of those pages have the word timing. Yeah. So I'm like, how are you going to, I've been talking about this for 10 years, the yeah. how you move, when you move matters. Yeah. And when you move is mechanics. But it's hitting is really hard because it's it's reactive to the pitch. You can't you cannot swing until you see our group chat is called on time twice mm -hmm. because you can't swing until you have the information from the pitch to make the decision to swing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're not swinging 
with the ability moving, to not, not doing nothing. You're not, it's not, you're not initiating yeah. to the point that you could stop, yeah. but the actual commitment, I'm not committing. Yeah. you can't commit unless you're cheating, unless you're sold out. And then yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. For sure. You know? And that's okay. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's just, it's funny to me. And everybody wants to be right. Everybody it's, mm -hmm. I sent you a TikTok recently. Maybe we can splice that in. There you go. But the, uh, <clears throat> the basic thing was, I think it was, was it Iran? They were yeah. talking about so the, how Iran historically they were this this information center of the world, yeah. And they were doing all these incredible things, and their culture was bringing people together to have real conversations, and they would challenge each other, and they would have for difficult con conversations for there. And it and a very in a small period of time, uh, there was obviously there's so many things going on there now too as well. And I like along with it, he specified there Neil deGrasse Tyson was specified within i think it was like a 200 year period yeah. where they had this massive innovation massive innovation and the, and then he talked about culturally what was happening there at the time that led into those things and like unpacking some of these layers and then you go ahead yeah so they were they were they would bring people together with that people that had conflicting ideology and approaches and they would hash it out and they would have difficult conversations and the early hitting Twitter was like that. I felt like mm. some of the old forums were like that. It just, it's so combative now. Mm. And I, I hate it because there's so much good and positive influence that could occur there. Yep. And so many people are like, man, I don't even go on Twitter anymore. It's just not worth it. It's just, yep. everybody's yelling at each other. Everybody's trying to be right. Everybody's trying to knock each other down. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, what can I learn from you? Mm. I'm way more... I'm way more interested in trying to figure out what you know and understand how that might fill blind spot or blind spots that I have. Yeah. Because everybody has blind spots. For sure. And if you don't when you're you when you're not allowed to challenge, when you're not allowed to challenge an idea, you're not allowed to disagree with certain aspects of things. It's yeah. just it's a dangerous mindset to go down. Yeah. And you have athletes that think they're gonna get in trouble for looking at somebody's Twitter account or Instagram account. Cause like, Oh, I don't know if you're, if you would give me permission to do that. It's like, dude, go, go learn everything. hundred percent. And then distill and then cross out the things that don't work for you and figure out what works for you. Cause nobody's going to be right a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And well, I, I, I've screwed yeah. up hitters. You've screwed up hitters. Everybody oh, screwed up hitters. hundred percent. And we've helped hitters. So you would you reached out recently and you're like oh there's this guy in AAA that I think you would need to work with him mm. and I was like that's such a refreshing mindset to say I think your skill set matches with this player mm -hmm. and if the whole world trended towards that yeah certain types of information are going to hurt help certain types of players and it's going to hurt certain types of players yeah so the more there's alignment with that the better the if this is about the player that's how it should work yeah. Well, and I think also too, I mean, like I look at it too. Uh, one of the things I had talked about, um, a while back ago is people evaluating things from their own perception of technique, ideology, all those X, Y, and Z. And so I, for example, I gave the example of, let's say I was going to go to a Muay Thai studio and I go to a Muay Thai studio and, um, I don't agree with any of the guy, everything he guy says, blah, 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 all these other things. Well, cause I come from a karate background. And because of that, I don't teach kicks this way. And because of that, I don't teach. Or again, I really wanted to learn jujitsu, and which is all a ground game. It's not striking, and it's a different way of fighting. And so, because of those other things, it's that there's value 
to every different way that we can go about like all these different camps that long go along with it. And yes, there is the ultimate form of mixed martial arts, but also too, there's so much value when someone goes down the weeds really far in one direction where we kind of like to look at things like this duality where it's like, we want everybody to be mixed martial artists. But like, for example, like McGregor's going to go see a guy that specializes in jujitsu, another guy that specializes in this type of strike or somebody that has a nasty, their spinning back kick is just insane. So he's going to go and study with that guy. And he's like the master of that. They're like there, for example, there's a whole bunch of fighters that go and actually train with uh, Joe Rogan because of how he does his spinning back kick. Like he's known to have a really disgusting, like spinning back kick and like how he trains with it. So like these had a lot of guys, like some superstars that have gone and learned this one kick that he does and like how he does it so well. And so, you know, I think on that same, that same end is for example, if I'm going to go to the doctors, right? It's I'm happy that you specialize in hands and knees and hips and brain surgery and heart surgery and livers and ankles and all, you know, like all these things, right. That there's these specialists in these different areas. And so I think so often also within society, subconsciously, we start to put everybody, we want to sandwich everybody into this thing and say like, we all need to be mixed martial artist coaches and we all need like, we, you know, the best coaches have, you know, uh, they're talking about mentality and they're talking about all these other things and like whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. Like for you, that's a skill set of yours. It's great to have a general doctor again, like your, your, your general doctor that you're going to go see on a constant basis, a family doctor, whatever. And then he recommends a specialist that you would go see in a certain area and to devalue that specialist in that area um, and say like, Oh no, he should just go be a general practitioner. It again, you also, pull back what we're able to do in that same way is like, Hey, if you, if that's your thing and it really gets you going, like, for example, if you wanted to go super deep down leg kicks and bat tips, right. And you got so deep where you figured out all these things and how you teach it and all these, like, okay, well, there's so much to be learned from that rather than being like, well, yeah, but while you went down well, you didn't really focus on is all these other things. Well, great. Like there's somebody else that can do those things too. And as a society, that's where I think in the same way is like, you know, we've gotten to this place where like you said, everybody's combative because they've learned to be combative in the same sense of like, it's like self-preservation and like they're defending themselves half the time of what it looks like. But also too, it's a natural structure in the sense of like where I think of a natural progression of um, culture in the same way before it almost has to get so bad that there becomes a u- unity in the sense of ever being like, okay, we get it. Like, we all ran on this path. We all contributed. We all, you know, again, we, we've all been combative. We've all, we've all, you know, called somebody out for X, Y, and Z. We've all done the, okay. We've all are in the same group now as a, like in totality as like a whole. So it's like, okay, now there being these other things. And again, where we can have, um, actually read, actually read, um, recently where I was, I was reading about how these specialists, like, let's say you were, um, it was some of these doctors that were like, you know, a hip specialist to like a hand specialist. Right. And so these other people would go and the other doctor would go and try to perform, you know, or they would have these exercises where they would think about, Hey, this person's having this problem. How would you go about it? And so they're taking, they're trying to skill transfer from what they know about hips and what they know about the human body and then bring it into the hands. And they're using those analogies to come in and do those things. So interestingly enough, um, because they have these preconceived ideas of how they would work about the hip and all these other things, 
um, it was so contrary to what the specialists would actually do with their hands and their analogies more often than not actually hurt them. And like, because they had these preconceived ideas of how they would go about doing it. And so because of that, like, obviously the person that's working on those things, it's always good to have that outside perspective of maybe they a lens that you wouldn't have looked at it from and having that experience from something else. But more often than not, like, for example, I might, let's say you train horses for a living, right? There's probably something of value you could bring into me and I could probably steal some things from you. But also at the same time, there's a tremendous amount of value that I do this on a daily basis where there's some, you know, again, from knowledge I have from training hitters where if I went out there with the horses, like maybe there's some couple things, you know, that I could transfer over, but more likely than not, the guy that trains horses every day is going to know a lot more than I do um, in that area and like know why we don't do it this way or why he's learned to go about it this way or X, Y, and Z. And I think, you know, we also are getting into a natural culture shift where everybody um, almost devalues like a specialist in that same way of being like, he's really good at teaching X. There's just a, there's a lack of appreciation for it. Yeah. And people want to knock them down Mm. and attack. So people, it's funny because people will ask me about you all the time. We just got, I got a DM this morning and I was like, well, I'm with Joey right now. So, um, but people ask me, oh, what do you think about kickback? What do you think about the farm board? Mm. Like, just go learn it, go be around it, immerse yourself in a little bit, just like anybody else out there, put yourself into that lens and see it that way a little bit. Mm. There's times like when you first start coming out with the farm board stuff, I didn't feel comfortable with it. I, mm. I didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, are you really like trying to get the hip to go backwards? I don't like, what does this all mean? Mm. And now there's, there's times where I'll just, I'll see a kid hitting. I'm just like farm board, stick a farm board under his back foot. Mm. It'll clean up so much. It's such a simple tool. Just throw a farm board under his back foot. Just do it. And it's going to help. Yeah. And, to have that tool in your toolbox, to have a resource like that, yeah. it's so simple. And there's there's different training baths, there's different implements and devices, and there's different things you can do that can help. And yeah. why you would ever shut yourself off from that, I yeah. I don't understand it. Like there's just there's value to be added, and there's there's methods that you can pull from anybody. Yeah. So why I don't I just don't understand the combative nature to all of it. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't contribute to the mm. the whole ecosystem. It doesn't. I do think just knocking people down instead of yeah trying to build up something bigger. Well, and also, dude, um, my vulnerable side of like the same thing too is I have. It's interesting because I monitored myself kind of doing this when like new people enter the space, and when like people start posting a whole bunch, all of a sudden there's like this new influencer new kid on the block or whatever that is and sometimes they're 40 years old when they start posting or whatever that is and so like i've noticed myself like somebody recently um in the last like six months or something like that had been starting to like post more you know and when you do that it's like there's this um innate thing i think also and like i even caught myself like uh, catching it as well it's like this like um what is this guy posting? Like, what is he, what is he kind of done? Like also too, like, you know, what kind of authority is he speaking from? What camp is he speaking from? You know, kind of some of those things like trains of thoughts and, and, and all that. And I even caught myself like even in that same way is like, um, and also too, what are the intentions? Like you're still learning, you know, there's so many different things and especially through um, when you've never met somebody in person and you're just, you know, consuming them from socially away. And I know people do the same thing with, you know, you and I both in the same way. Um, and especially too, in the same sense of, 
a lot of people are, are newly coming across a lot of things that I've come out with. You've been in the you know game a lot longer than I have, and you also went through those same things. So I always constantly reach out to guys like you of getting perspective of like, hey, when this when you got to this point, you know where you were, like you know what did you do? And you know I, you get a lot of phone calls like that for me. Um, but I do think it's an interesting thing because the same thing too is like I'm like, hey, like you know, um, and I think me and you have a very uh, unique relationship in that same way is that. Yeah, I know that there's things, obviously, um, we have some hitters coming in later today, so I think that will also be even deeper conversations because uh, we haven't really like worked with a hitter at, together um, or, again, been around while you've gone through a whole process together, and I think that leads to so many more combos. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like, for example, when I first watched Eugene work with a hitter, I was like, I would have never done that. I would have done this. I would have done this. I literally would have probably done the exact opposite. And then, but again, I don't say anything when oh, I was sitting there and I would shadow, you know, cause again, I'm a young pup. I'm watching them move, watching the guys do. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, wow, you know, like I wouldn't have done it that way. And I literally would have done the exact opposite and how he got that guy to move and how he got like that change that started changing so many different things of like how, you know, watching somebody work with them. And I know, you know, Cody, and Nicole, the same thing, kind of the same thing was like, you know, I would do this or I would normally do this or I was seeing this or I was seeing that or I needed to see on video and he's seeing it with his eyes. Like I needed to see it in slow-mo and whatever. And, you know, like, uh, you know, me and Cody talked about that like a lot in the beginning where he would uh, be like, I can't see it that fast. Like I need to watch it on video where I can, you know, just see someone move in lifetime now, you know. Um, but I do think it's an, an interesting place where the, the human psychology side of all of the things as well is because uh, there's so much information out there now, you know, and, uh, which is great. Um, but the hard part is again, now you got to filter, you know, and you got to filter. And also, you know, um, I always say the statement, like take the meat and leave the bones. But the problem is too, is like, you know, me and you talk about that is the, you might be overlooking something that's really valuable. You just don't find it valuable yet, you know? And uh, you know, I can, and if you're a reader for me, I'll read a book, highlight all the way through, read it three years later, go back through and highlight all different things. I read the same book. But this time, this information was way more valuable to me now because my heart was in a place or my mind was in a place where I was open to these other things and being like, wow, like that's profound in that same way. And I just read past it the first time, like had no consideration. I don't even remember reading that. Like it's not even on my conscious. Um, and so, you know, again, obviously people's information is the same way. And I've, I've felt it in the same thing where I come in like waves as like a creator where, you know, there's a lot of things I put out years ago that people didn't really value. And then, you know, people circle back. I'll post the same exact video and people circle back and all of a sudden they really value this information. And I'm like, bro, I've been talking about this for three years, but the first time I said it and I was like, there was, you know, your mind wasn't there yet or you didn't have the prerequisite uh, information that led me to, you know, letter F. So you went from yeah. A to F and it didn't make sense to you, but, and I didn't learn it that way either. It was step by step, you know, going that direction. Yeah. There's, you haven't experienced the failure or the problem that yeah. led to that solution. So you don't even see the, yeah. the value of it. And makes sense. it's interesting. I feel like hitting now, it seems like it's so complicated in a lot of ways, or there's so much information. There's so many things to think about. There's, you know, you go from force plates to sensors on the body to sensors on the bat to, should we be talking about, if we're going to talk about the hip, are we talking about the acetabulum or are we talking about, head of the femur are we talking about the pelvis are we talking like yeah if i say the word if i if i say the word connection yeah depending on who i'm talking to All so if, like every term now has been bastardized because like i don't even know what you're saying anymore spacing connection 
What is separation? Yeah. I don't know. Like, you tell me what your is definition separation is. Separation or is it connection? Because it's like we're talking different languages. If, For sure. If you say the same word in French and German yeah. and English, yeah. it, might be completely, it might mean something completely different. Yeah. And it's, it makes it harder to have just like honest conversations because I, I always have to stop people and say, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like you just use the word separation. What does that mean to you? Are you talking about front foot and the hands? Are yeah. you talking about shoulders, pelvis? Like what is, what does that mean to you? Cause I don't, I literally don't know unless you tell me Yeah. because it's been used so many different times. And I just, I saw a video on Instagram yesterday of somebody think talking about making the barrel go back pushing his hands forward aggressively and like making the barrel go down. But mm. like that's not even close to what I would call making the barrel go back. For sure. And I'm like, I, yeah. if somebody, so that person had a lot of Instagram followers. So now if I talk to somebody that's seen that video and I use the same words, yeah. they're going to see it through that lens. For sure. So it's just, it makes it really hard to yeah. just to have a conversation. Well, and I, but I think that's a, it's kind of a cool thing I think as well is I, I, I think I see the beauty in it as well is again, like there is a need for the diversification. I know that again, a lot of times it gets a bad rap, but I also think on the same, the same sense is like, Hey, well, this has all existed. Now we can just all see each other's stuff on a constant basis. Like if I was shining over here in Vegas and you were out there in you know, Austin, you know, back in the day, it's like, well, I can read your book, maybe whatever, but it's like, I hardly in a YouTube video when you finally were able to start doing, you know, YouTube videos, but like, you know, with that as well, it's like now with social media and, uh, you know, I, I think it was the other podcast I talked about this same thing is like, you know, again, I might get a million views on a video back in the day. Like that was just wasn't possible. I could do it for my cell phone. Like you couldn't even do that if you're watching, you know, the, the Super Bowl. you know, back in the day, it's like, okay to have an explanation of that many eyes on something like that, you know? And so it's a unique problem, but also at the same time, a uh, unique opportunity uh, that comes along with it. And also a unique opportunity where I think on the same way where we're also getting into society and saying, oh, it's kind of turned into this, but isn't that kind of a natural progression that is going to happen when we all start seeing each other's stuff? Because again, for example, we all agree on like, oh, separation, right? And we're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all think we're thinking, and then we watch someone teach it and we're like, well, that's not how. That's, you know, that's and, not what I was thinking. And so because of that, <laughs> I think also in some ways it was easier, especially without video to agree. And we'd all say, and, and someone would say separation and we would all be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or someone describes something. We're like, yeah, yeah. Philosophies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you like, but now when you actually watch them train and you're like, okay. And, or we all agree on a breakdown. Oh, he is doing this. He is doing this. He is doing this. Okay, great. And like, he's having these problems. And then we're talking about big things like. Let's say, for example, like his direction, like we, we can all see on spray chart wise, all these other things, like okay, he's pull, he pulls everything, he's a very big pull hitter, or again, he can't pull a ball. Everything's oppo. Now you have this unique thing where it's like, okay, but how we would go about fixing it is all different compared to, you know, different camps, different frames of thought, how we all come around that. And I think, you know, again, along with that is like that diversification that we've all had to solve these problems in our own unique ways. It's led to all unique solutions of like how you can go about doing it with different athletes and how you can get different results. And also too, there's different ways of obviously doing it. Some again, more than one way, but also some ways more efficient than others of getting to that place quicker than others. But, you know, I think it's also a unique problem where not a natural, whereas you can almost, I feel like you can almost see it coming, right? Like even back in the day, if everybody could see how everybody was training, there's obviously going to be 
conflict in the sense of we all think differently. We all perceive things differently. We all have different backgrounds and we've all learned from different, you know, different things and all those other things. And then because of that, the natural issues that we have with communicating, especially with something that we're very passionate about, it doesn't like the light switch turns off. It's like, you know, when you're passionate about something, it also comes with something. One of my coaches used to always say, like, I was really fiery as a player. And uh, when I got with this one coach, he would say, you know, like he would talk to me and calm me down, all those things. But he knew that there's going to be certain moments where like I was going to get really fiery and like, you know, I kind of, you know, needed to go to the end of the dugout and, you know, like, you know, might get on my teammates or something like that too as well. But he would just be like, I know he wants to win, you know, like it's better than him not wanting to win. Like I can start to channel that. Like he's just growing and learning how to channel it, you know, but uh, the same thing as well. It's like, Hey, when I talk about hitting or whatever, it's like, well, we wouldn't be this deep in if we weren't passionate about it. And so because of that, there's obviously some natural conflict and then also some in communicating with things that when it's one thing to communicate with people, I used to talk about this with customer service with our employees. It's one thing to have customer service when they love your services and they're so grateful and all these other things like that's to me is not customer service. Like it's just base. I mean, maybe a base level of customer service, but when they come in and like you overdrafted my account, you did this, you guys are the devil, da 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 da, and they're like going through and hammering it. Like now, they've insulted you fifty times, told you that you know this is about your mother and blah blah blah, and all these Okay, now what's your customer service look like? And I think from a, a communication standpoint, it's one thing to be able to communicate when you guys agree. It's another thing when you disagree and how you disagree, um, and also too how you channel those things and realizing, okay, well that's my own stuff. Like you know again. Like what he just said, like hurt my feelings, but at the same time, like it wasn't what he said. Maybe it was how he said it, maybe, but also too, a lot of times it's just like, he just disagreed with me and I have my own stuff going on where when he disagreed with me, like, you know, it upset me and, um, that's my own stuff. It has nothing to do with you sharing your opinion. Like, you know, again, if you sharing your opinion hurts my feelings, um, you know, again, that's more of an internal inside job where like, we're just having a conversation about information. And if you found identity in your information and you've attached yourself to it. Um, and I think that that is actually, I would be interested to talk to you about this. I was thinking about this this weekend because at church we were talking about, um, some of the cycles of grief. And I thought it was very interesting. I started to correlate some of the cycles of grief with how some of these people handle some of this information. Even when I put things out that challenge them is they go through these stages of going through grief of like they're grieving almost like a death of themselves in some of this information. And like, again, even how, um, and Taylor's probably like, yeah, I know all these stages of grief, <laughs> but you know, um, also, uh, to Tay, if you could, uh, maybe on your phone, if you could look up just the stages of grief, I don't know if you know them off the top of your head, but as he was talking through them, I'm like, this is literally how some of my followers, how they've gone through these stages with me, mm -hmm. which is like denial. Like first one is like blatantly, again, they see the farm boards and they're like, that's nope. stupid. Yep. Or, you know, like snake oil, you're trying to make money. You don't care about hitters. Everybody's getting hurt, blah, 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 all those things. Right. And, you know, um, you know, I remember having this conversation with a high school coach a while back where I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, just so you know, like, again, like uh, the Dodgers ordered like last year, D-backs ordered last year, X, Y, and Z, they got some boards, whatever. And then I'm like, come back and go, yeah, like now their organization, like then they came back and ordered for every level of their entire organization, every level of their entire organization. Multiple organizations have now done that, right? Where they have them on every single level. There's not a level that doesn't have, and they have like a lot of boards. And so immediately, like the response is like, 
there's no way, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're, they're probably using them to move their machines around. Like they just like this common, like, like blown out of proportion, these things. And I'm like, why okay, cool. Such, but I think it's the same why thing. It's just so... denial is like the first, yeah. the first step of just saying like, Hey, like, I know that you obviously there's a big disconnect. Of I have a rule. I have a rule for you, by the way. This is from okay. Pete Fatsy. Shout out Pete Fatsy, hitting yeah. coach for the Red Sox. He says, "I know a hitting product is good if one of my players like they got every tool in the toolbox. They got every yeah. tool sitting on the side of the cage. If a player actually uses it, if Xander Bogarts goes and uses it, then it's a good product. Yeah. If Rafael Devers uses it, it's a good product. If JD Martinez goes and uses it, it's a good product. If it just sits there and collects dust, not a good product. I was." Yeah. At the University of Arizona, yet yeah, this weekend, mm-hmm. University of Arizona baseball, pretty big school, pretty big whatever. We uh, there was lightning, so I we had to go into their the Terry Francona hitting barn, <laughs> which was awesome. Yeah, I didn't know. Beautiful. I didn't know Francona was connected to Arizona. Interesting. Beautiful facility, and in the back corner they had the shelving with all their their tools and all their. Uh, I, I took a video and sent it to you. I'm like, yep, they're using this, they're using this. Up oh, farm board, here it is. Yeah, and it's just. If you pay attention in social media and videos, you'll see farm boards on the ground. You'll see them around. Grounds, yeah. It's just a tool. There's been so many people, and not to make this like an advertisement for farm board, no, but for sure. if it's useful, yeah, then use it for sure. And, and the, the the whole thing that you the whole line though about the the grieving and the denial and the the right. stages, I completely resonate with that. That happened. I always look at it as an opportunity. If somebody was ever attacking me. Mm. Like, cause if I flip them, it's an educational opportunity for sure. And I'm not trying to say I'm a hundred percent right, but I know I'm not wrong. And my approach and my pursuit of information, I feel like I'm going in the right direction always. So I can be wrong about certain things. I can be right about certain things, but I'm trending in a direction with stuff. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to find what's better. Hundred percent. So at some point, it's going to improve. The information's not going to get worse. Do you have, do you have the stages on your phone there? Yeah. So, yeah. I, and this is what I connect with. So the first one is denial, right? So, and this really happens where I think I, I, it was a kind of an interesting thought to me because when I started looking through them and I'll run through them real quick, denial, second one, anger, right? We see that. It checks out. Quite a bit. Uh, bargaining, where this is where I see this is yeah. when they're bargaining like, yeah, but only on inside pitches, uh, yeah, I could see it here. Um, only sometime, you know, they start to budge a little bit mm-hmm. and then, um, depression, which is, I think the stage of like, man, I've been messing up a lot of hitters or I really didn't know this for a really long, that takes, I think a lot of people it takes a long time to get to a point where, uh, you have to have the humility and also to, um, awareness to get to a place where you realize and are willing to admit how many guys you've messed up or, not even, um, I think at this stage where like I'm at, it's like, I always say like, I know even now I tell all of our hitters this all the time. I'm like, Hey, there's something I'm teaching you today that like I'm wrong about. Like, I guarantee you I'm wrong about it. I've been wrong every step of the way. There's something I'm gonna teach you today that I'm wrong about, or we did it at the wrong time, or I did it in the wrong place, or I said it with the wrong tone, or I gave you the wrong perception and this wasn't the thing, you know, now, or whatever that is, like, that's constantly going to happen. But again, that comes to another level of like the humility and awareness to like, say that especially with an athlete like right now is paying you this moment um i think along with it um and then the last stage is acceptance right where then they get to these people and i actually made a video about that other day it was like a, a kanye uh, uh pastor kanye uh it was a, no it was a kanye um 
um, snippet where he was arguing uh, with this interviewer at one point, and he was like, he was screaming back at the interviewer, and he's like, I've been doing this longer than you. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And he's like screaming at him. And then the next clip, Kanye was? Yeah. And then the next clip, he comes back and he's like, I would say that Sway did have the answers. <laughs> and it was like years later, but I did the snip of like, again, coaches when I first started posting, like, you know, like 2018, 2019 of stuff that was more challenging and not regurgitation. I think from that point of like things I had pulled from so many other places to like original ideas, like 2018, 2019. And um, how combative, you know, it was with like, I've been doing this longer than you. You don't know what you're talking about and all these other things. And then later on, like I, and then the second clip, I had like a kick and stick shirt on and the whole thing of being like, I would say they did have the answers. Like that whole thing of going through those stages of grief. And I think it's interesting that within those stages of grief, and that's where I'm still unpacking this. Cause I literally had this thought yesterday when I went to church. Um, it's kind of interesting. There is why there would be apparent stages of grief uh, when it came to information and I don't know if it's like a dying to yourself, like something is like, there's actually a piece of you that is like maybe served you for a period of time or whatever that was like, yeah. why there would be grief, like, you know, attached, um, to information like that. And, um, I know like, obviously I've always said that too, when, you know, we're talking about baseball, there's, there's, um, someone talked about this a while back where there's like two different types of reporting in the news. Right. And I thought this was pretty interesting is he talked about this and is actually, I learned a lot from TikTok. So TikTok, uh, this guy was talking I'm about a big marketing TikToker. standpoint. He was talking about there's like two different types of reporters. Like you have your local reporter, right? Who all they do is regurgitate whatever is on thing. And they're just, get, they have no opinion, no opinion. They're just giving you the information, whatever's on the cue card. That's what they're reading. Um, you know, you know them for 15 something years. Generally, like it's like a, you know, probably 80 something percent, you know, acceptance rate like a lot of people like them they you know they're talking about these things like you never really have a strong opinion against like your local like news anchor or weatherman or something like that right but then you have reporters like like tucker carlson or something like that or what's his name from uh cnn like um i forgot his name anyways these things like where they share their independent opinion where they have original ideas that are you know, obviously, again, in some ways, like there's still stuff that they're, you know, off of cards or whatever, but they're giving their own opinion where they have their own show that's about them and their opinion and what they think. Well, now they have a very strong audience one way or another, right? That's where you get kind of coldish, right? Where you start getting where you have this polarized. Yeah, yeah. very polarized one way or another, right? And obviously they're very anti what the other person thinks and they have their own views, right? But, you know, with that, um, it's a different relationship and they obviously both have their own niche of like different types of reporting in that way and you obviously see that within baseball right you have people that are just regurgitating the cue card right and sharing this information with no original you know uh, ideas of like training or no original things or and maybe what's original about it is like how you put these pieces together but having an independent innovative something you've brought in that is and really like to have success in that same way where i would say the same thing as well is like it's not that people weren't leg kicking and bat tipping before you really brought it into like public eye, but at the same time, the depth and the amount of like teaching and like the layers that you went in deep compared to we, we, it's already been happening. It's been happening for, you know, again, here's been doing it since the beginning of time. Like they've been bat tipping forever and even more back in the day, mm -hmm. like more, you know, naturally and similarly with like the bats, all these other things that like they had to do it, you know, even from a constraint, a standpoint. And, um, the balls and all the things that were going on. 
Um, there's just so many things that like go into it where, you know, again, I could say the same thing about like kickbacks all stuff. Like I've been doing it since the beginning of time. Like it wasn't, I didn't create the movement. Eugene didn't create the movement. Like no one even before, you know, that's, I mean, you probably know even, you know, four layers before that, you know, where people were talking about kickbacks and scissors back in the day. It's like no one created the movement. Now, again, when it comes into the depth of the most efficient ways of like teaching it or why it's so effective and all these different other layers, like sure, you know, added some layers there. Um, but I do think it's an interesting thing where people can have just interesting views of like, um, there's this natural, I, I have this deeper appreciation of disagreement and I'm the opposite of non like confrontational, like I'm confrontational, but not necessarily, I think how like society always brings it where it's like, I'm not afraid to have a tough combo. You address things. Yeah. It's not, I don't think you address things in a combative way. Sometimes though. Well, sometimes I'm combative. I'll give that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say always. You do it with flair. Yeah. yeah for it. sure. You for sure. <laughs> yeah. You make it fun. Well, well, and also I think this all the time. One of the things I brought up earlier about. You don't take it. You don't make it personal. Yeah. And that's where I think, and that's what we had that podcast. Like it's not personal. Right. And it's like, uh, and the same thing is like, I think in the same way, like, for example, when I brought up, you know, like you and I's relationship, it's like, hundred percent there's things on swing that mean you're going to disagree on. And like, I know that there's disagreements in certain areas, like, you know, along with that, but also with that being said, like there's a healthy respect where like we can have this conversation and be like, okay, well, you know, explain where, like, why are you thinking this way? And like, show me this and like, blah, blah, blah. And like, we could have those discussions and still in the same sense, like sit on some different aisles of the, like, for example, like there's been many times, um, there's been many times that I've been publicly have come out and I've talked about like, Donaldson and like how he moves. Right. And, um, again, that doesn't mean because one that it's, and I, and I think this is big from there because there is a lot of identity that's found in players when someone's worked with somebody where it's like, okay, that's your guy where, you know, for example, like, okay, yeah, but Donaldson also had multiple other hitting coaches. He's also done these other things. And also too, like how he move or the movement or how you teach having identity in that exact way of being like, this is the truth. I don't care what anybody says. There's no other truth compared to this. Like if you're a truth, you know, if you're a truth seeker, blah, 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 right? Like what that looks like um, in the same way where it's like, hey, like just because, you know, for example, just because one of my guys like goes and strokes X, Y, and Z, it's like, what does it mean that like I'm the epitome of all knowledge and and I must know everything there is to know about hitting? And that's what society in a lot of ways, like they'll, they'll go way too far one way or way, like it's, you know, this bipolar, you know, or this binary thought process of, you know, flavor of the year guys, like all these things where it's like, it's gotta be this way or it's gotta be that way. Um, and I see when people talk about those things as well, but then on the other side of that is you always have those, those people where I think it's on, on the same way. It's like, Hey, like we also have conversations about so many things. I think we, I think people assume that me and you talk about hitting more than we like in reality, like we really do. We talk about so many other things that like, yes, we talk about hitting, but also a lot of times it's like big ideas, not necessarily yeah. like always deep in the weeds. And, um, even though like on the same sense, it's like, we have no problem doing that, but I think it's a unique, uh, thing in the same way where, uh, and the same thing, like, let's say it's Casey Smith, like, of course, there's gonna be things I disagree. He's posted things. I've sent them to you again. I've sent him, we've, me and him have talked like, you know, again, the same thing, uh, like if it's CC or like, there's, we have like a little group, um, where we've talked on the same way where like, we all healthily like will disagree, but also at the same time, like, Hey, like Casey, the same way. Like, I know he disagrees with, you know, things that I do, but also too, like we've had many conversations just like, dude, you got some solid stuff on blah, blah. And I've took this from you and I've took this for you. And we have different teaching styles and like how we, our brains work and all those things. And I'm like, the thing, it's a good, 
the thing that I think most people forget is like hitting coaches will argue with each other, but the content that you're putting out is attracting customers and hitters to you. Yeah. That's who you're really talking to. Agreed. And we can have all these internal discussions and go back and forth and hash it out and whatever. Yeah. But ultimately the player is deciding what they, what works for them for sure. and what messaging yep. they're attracted to. So it's just funny to me that there's all this animosity yep. when like one of the things I love about Casey is he'll text video of his players to, to me and be like, Hey, what do you see here? I'm not seeing something or this is what I'm seeing. What do you see? Mm. And this is with like big leaguers. Like he, there's no ego about it. It's yep. he wants his players. He wants what's best for his players and for his yep. players to succeed. And some people are, they, they don't even want you to talk to other people or consume their content. Yeah. And there's all this tension sure. and anger. Yeah. It's like, dude, we're trying to help people get better. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. Well, and it's a unique uh, place as well. Like, you know, um, some of the combos, like, you know, because we have it all the time with guys is they'll get like, oh, well, you know, they don't need, they don't need any of that crossbody stuff. It's like, okay. Like, you know, like. All right, you know, like... Which is such a weird thing to say because they're yeah. doing it... Well, they may not be doing it at all. Yeah. And if they're not doing it at all, they're probably doing a lot of other things wrong. For sure. Or poorly. Yeah. But maybe they're having success that way. For sure. So keep going. Yeah. Ride it out. If you, if that's working for you, keep going. Yeah. There's well, You I, don't need to be mad about... You don't need to be mad at you for teaching it because somebody is having success with a different method. For sure. And also on the uh, other sense of like... You know, again, um, I think it gets into the the conversations, and I think this is why so many people end up going back to this like training again, this MMA mixed martial arts type lens. Which I don't, there's nothing wrong with a mixed martial arts lens. Like I love mixed martial arts. Like I again, I also really love Muay Thai, which is a very specific martial art, right? Where you're getting into that camp, where it's like they teach things again. Are you, if I watch a guy literally get in a stance, I'm like, he's a, he's, he does Muay Thai. Like, if I see a guy get in a stance, I'm like, he does karate. You guys see a guy get in a stance, he boxes. Like, I can tell exactly what he does. And, you know, in the same, in the same sense of that. And that's where I think it's a unique area where we got into this. Um, me and you had this, started to have this conversation last night where people will have these things of being like, oh, well, you're cloning all those things. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because all of your hitters do X. Like all of your hitters squish the bug. None of your hitters kick back. None of your hitters do all of your hitters land with their front foot open. That all of your hitters bat pass look like this. So if we can get past the surface level conversations of saying, well, you're doing this and you're doing like in this accusation. Okay. Well then you got the underlying things of being like, Hey, there's obviously everybody has their own philosophy and you're, what are you going to teach from my philosophy? Like, are you going to come in there and like, again, teach, try to teach how I teach? It's like, no, like, again, like same thing. I'm like, I'm not going to be successful trying to, you know, it's like trying to beat Walmart by being Walmart. Like they're going to be the best at Walmart. You're not going to beat Walmart by being Walmart. Like they do Walmart better than anybody. <laughs> so it's like, you better, again, Amazon isn't trying to be Walmart. Like they created their own thing. And the same thing, I'm not going to beat Amazon by trying to beat Amazon. Can I learn some things from Amazon? For sure. But if you're trying to go head to head where they've, you know, perfected their, methods in so many different ways and they built all these things behind to make it happen it's like you're not going to be you know be better in that way um and also in the same sense though i think there is a a deeper level psychology side underneath where you've also done a lot of like 
self-work and things like that as well, where, um, you know, there is this, um, I, I kind of talk about the same thing, going back to that plain message of don't hear the bark, hear the message is that the ultimate learner, it doesn't matter how it's packaged, right? You can be a great speaker or a terrible speaker. You could be written form or it could be a video. It could be in person or it could be, you know, a recording on a cassette tape. Like it doesn't matter. It could be from, you know, a hundred years ago or it could be from yesterday. Like quality, like, you know, for example, I, uh, my girlfriend, it's funny when we go to watch movies, she doesn't like to watch any movie that was like before like 2010. What? Right? Yeah. It's a funny <laughs> thing, isn't it? So I'm sitting there like the same thing. And it's like, but she's like the quality messes with her. When she sees like these old videos, like it's hard for her to get like watch, right? And again, obviously, like you know, you even more than me have like seen all these decades. Like, well, like that's a classic. Like, how, how can you not? Why does? Just call me old. Is that what you're, you're just? Not, right? No, you're older than me. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just call me but, old. But you know, along with it, right? Like, for example, and I also kind of get it. If you kind of look, think about it, like too, like it's harder for me to watch like white and black film, right? And that's fair, right? And so I kind of look at the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, the production kind of does mess with me. You know, and for her, like the production level, and it's funny from the 2000, you know, like 2010 and like back, it's like, yeah, like the production quality isn't as clean. I get it. The colors aren't this or whatever, but it's just like, you know, like I don't really see it. But what I was saying is like, again, as a teacher, you're trying to come up with the best ways to get, you know, to get through to whoever's listening. But on the opposite side, as a, as a learner, as a listener, the better you are at, it doesn't matter how it's packaged. You know, I can take in information from anyone, any tone, any of those things. Like that's where you become master learner compared to a master teacher. Like they're literally on the opposite spectrums of like how you deliver and how you hear. It's like it doesn't matter how you say it. Like I'm listening for the the meaning you have behind that. Or again, for example, you said it a certain way, and yes, I get it for a larger audience. It might be harder for them to consume, but that's also too. I think where a lot of nuggets are hidden because anybody can listen to a master teacher that is so good at like putting things together. Well, a lot of people are going to consume that information, but how much information is being missed in these people that are not master communicators? And how many nuggets are in there that are not getting out because the person that's communicating isn't, you know, maybe not really super talented in that area, maybe yeah. like a master technician or something. It's, uh, I think people listen in different ways. Yeah. So the example I always use is I went to school for, I was a business major in college, but I was going to all these, you know, generic, gen, generic classes, but trying to take the messages that applied to entrepreneurship. So I was in accounting class or marketing or business information systems and everything was, I was filtering everything while I was learning. I wasn't necessarily trying to get the best grade. I was trying to learn mm. for how I wanted to apply because I knew I wanted to have my own business. Yeah. So some people will listen with the intent to just, I want to take in everything and clone what you're doing. I want to yeah. replicate yeah. versus having more critical thinking so like when I look at your stuff, I, I bookmarked two tweets recently. One was the split grip like hockey thing. Yeah. Because I love good segue. <laughs> there you go. The uh I I'm so big on orientation of the bat and how to get the bat, you know, positioned well relative to the body. Yeah. So like doing that hockey thing, I remember when you guys were doing hockey slap shots, I'm like, really guys? Are we were doing we got hockey sticks yep. in a batting cage? Yeah. But for some players, that might be what they need to feel. So yeah. I'm looking at it from, I see the drill yeah. and I'm like, all right, well, how would this fit into my ecosystem of how I view the swing? Yeah. And how could I use this feel 
to help a player feel what they need to feel. Yeah. Uh, the other one was the hinge with the front hip as you land. Yeah. I know when I swing, my I tend to get a little extension with the back. Yeah. And I need to think more about keeping my hips back. Yeah. So thinking specifically hinge with the front hip, mm-hmm. that might help me. Yeah. I've spent, I had one college season, the NECBL 2003. I spent the whole summer. Was it? No, it was 04. I hit 320 in the league, whatever. I, I had a good season. Sounds like a Colabella story. The whole summer, the only thing I thought about was pushing my big toe into the ground. Mm. Because yeah. I, had, I had a tough spring. I was a player of the year. My sophomore year in college had a good summer. Then my junior year, I had a terrible year in college. I just, yeah. I was expectations and I was all over the place. Yeah. So I went to the summer league and I'm like, I need to get back on track. And Ken Herring was a coach. He was a, he's a hitting guy, but he back in the Northeast, <clears throat> we were doing hitting drills. And he's like, Hey, just think about pushing your big toe to the ground. Mm. I was like, all right. And then I started feeling some stuff and whatever was happening. Yeah. That was the, the, my feel for the entire summer was push my big toe on the ground. Yep. So somebody would come at me and be like, well, that's wrong. You, that's terrible. Yeah. Like, all right, you go hit 320. You go be an all-star in, in a college with bat league. You go do it better than me. And then you say something about it. For sure. So it's it's funny how just a simple, I mean, I'm pushing my, I would come back to the dugout and give him like a fist bump. Be like, hey, big toe on the ground. Let's go. Let's get it. Yeah. Well, like, what? well and that's where. Let me like, think about where hitting is now. Yeah. As soon as you, you don't. I always tell players you have permission to have one physical thought. Mm. If you can't have two, two is too many. Mm. You can think when, and then you can think what. But in turn, you can't do, oh, I'm going to do this, and then this, and then this. Yeah. It's too many things. It's going to break down. Yeah. So if you have to hold on to one physical cue, hinging in the front hip could be a cue. Mm. Or And that's no. valuable. That might, that might completely unlock a player. For sure. And create opportunities for them. If they go to a showcase or they go to a college camp and they perform well, mm. that one thing could change their whole life for sure and then you got people that are going to get mad at you online for that of course what are we doing yeah so absurd to me well and also too i think the crazy part is is i think this is the other thing uniquely where it gets diversely complicated is you have so many people in different stages of that grief right one's in anger one's in depression one's in denial one's in acceptance one's you know i forgot the other one (laughs) the other one's in and and um uh, bargaining right so they're all in these different stages and also too all in different environments at different ages and different camps and all these other things. So you're, you're uniquely as a speaker, right? Like, let's say like, you know, if like you're going to go talk to GMs, you're going to, you know, the audience, you know what they want to talk about. You know, all these other things, you know, where they're at, you get some background on that. Like, again, as a good speaker, what on social media, you're touching everyone. You got a 10 year old, you got 70 you got everything in between. You got from every different camp. And so like you get some of these guys where like a lot of times like also too, I'll post and someone will be like, um, like basically I spoke over their head the whole time. Right. And, um, especially too, sometimes I get into some like deep, uh, stuff that was like meant for like a GM director, player development, maybe something like high level thought about something. And so people like, you know, again, like, and it might just be a tweet. Like I wasn't even talking to an athlete or whatever that it was, right? And then so some people were kind of the same thing where they'll go, like, um, how could I, you know, like a kid would never understand that and blah, 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 blah. And all these other things, it's like, well, it wasn't meant for a kid. And also, too, a lot of times when you say a kid doesn't understand that, what they really mean is I didn't understand that. 
So how am I going to communicate it to a 12 year old? Because I communicate to 12 year olds every single day and I get, I got some nasty moving 12 year olds. Right. And again, like you get into that, it's like, they understand it just fine. You just didn't understand it from that minute and 20 seconds. And I also checked and you don't follow me. This is the first time you've <laughs> ever interacted with any of my stuff. Of course you're really confused. And then on top of that as well, again, like, you know, I think like any creator and also business minded from the other side is like, I naturally want to talk about things and I like you that is contrary to where the market is at of like adding context. Like if they're not talking about this, well then like, I think this is really important and we're really missing this. So I'm going to talk about this other area. And again, that's not my responsibility just by myself. Like it's all of us in the same way. Like I also feel like the same thing. Like when I originally first started um, responding to a couple of different camps of what, it, like it was their driveline, you know, let's say it's, you know, rich, let's say it's who these things. It was contextually like being like, Hey, I feel like at some point, like I do I'm starting to build a platform. And in some way I feel like I'm responsible in the sense of like, in some sense of policing, not necessarily that you're hundred percent wrong. It's not, you know, just like, again, like we might break a law or single thing. It doesn't mean we're breaking every law. It doesn't mean everything I'm doing. Like no one's hundred percent right. Like you said, and no one's hundred percent wrong. Like hundred percent, like there's, there's all these things in between. And so, you know, with that is like, Hey, even if I'm contextually having this and I'm coming to this other conversation and me and you are going back and forth with things like we, we get closer. doesn't mean that we're going to necessarily come. And even to the conclusion that me and you might come to might still be wrong. Like even when we talk, like there's so many other lenses of so many things that, you know, talk through. Um, but I do think it's an interesting thing. Like you just said, where typically, and you know, you know, this more than most is like, typically, um, the harshest responses I'll get is someone that's not posting at all. You know, uh, like, you know, very hundred percent, like someone that's typically not on social media in the sense of like creating themselves. Um, it's much easier to be a, a critic than it is to be a creator. And, you know, in the same way, it's like a very vulnerable place where, you know, it really, I think, um, in the same way, like I talk to you a lot in that same way, cause you spend so much time in that, um, creator innovator space. Um, it's a unique thing because of how much. I would never, I wouldn't even consider myself an innovator. Yeah. I try to be an educator and yeah. I, I'm trying to learn what's already existing. So it's funny I, yeah. that you just said that. Well, that's, I think it's, that's also too, in the same sense of, I think the same way when people talk to me about that, I understand that I am an innovator, but I more look at it like, I'm just curious, you know? Mm -hmm. So I go down, I just like go learn some stuff and then I want to, and then I share it. Right. Or, and also too, like we're in a unique space where like I've created opportunities where like just coaching and people are videoing and then it gets chopped up and then, you know, we, it, it gets distributed where you get to learn along the way, like as I'm doing things as well. Also in like another unique thing is like in real time in the sense of like, I might've trained that guy on that today and it's posted where it's not five years from now, 10 years from now and all that there's goods and bads of that. Right. One, I could be wrong. Maybe I just came like. I make things up every single day. So that's my favorite comment when someone's like, you made that up. I'm like, yeah, well, every drill was made up. Like, you know, every, everything was created. It like wasn't at one time, you mm -hmm. know? And so every day I'm trying new things. And so for example, like you said with the, uh, slap shots and like stuff, uh, JD Martinez said that that was his number one feel when he changed the swing. That's the number one thing that he, he did was slap shot. Like he literally did it with a hockey stick mm -hmm. and it was like that feel 
was game changing for him, but then he couldn't cover balls up. And then he had to start thinking flat and all these things. And now, then he started going, this was a couple of years ago where he was saying, you know, now I work top down instead of, but at the time he was already so flat and he, you know, he was he already so steep, all those other things like that slap shot feel was a game changer for him. And, you know, um, and then also had to change over time. Then it became a problem for him, you know? So I think it's the same thing too as well. And again, there's obviously so many things around the body of why, like, you know, I think those depths, because I'm also in a unique place. And me and you will talk about this, obviously me and, uh, me and Cece, uh, definitely, uh, have had some really good conversations about that. I know you guys have as well is I think we far, we haven't gone deep enough of understanding movement. And because we haven't understand deep enough of understanding movement, which I think, for example, when I think about movement, like when you immediately, when you said big toe, my brain starts going like, let me calculate, let me know everything that's happening in the body with how interacting with the ground and why that would. And I came up with like three theories of why it worked mm-hmm. right with a guy. And then I started thinking about who would start, who would work with, you know, of thinking that. And, um, but again, I think a lot of people start the opposite way. It's like trying to find the needle in the haystack where they don't understand the body. They don't understand anatomy. They don't understand. Um, they don't even have base levels of understanding of some of the foundation. So when you say we need to go deeper with body and movement, I always, I always look at it from how, how deep do you need to go? Mm-hmm. Because you as a coach, you're going to go way deep. You're going to, but what, what are you going to bring to the surface yeah. that is actually relevant? Exactly. Because you need to, when you go down those rabbit holes yeah. and I'm, I'm constantly going down rabbit holes and yeah. and getting in the weeds with stuff. You have to extract the value. You have to mm-hmm. you have to pull out the things that work, be able to communicate the things that don't work. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the biggest benefits of actually swinging a bat yeah. and trying to feel things because mm-hmm. you can you can talk through the feels, you can talk through the the different iterations and the different variations of what you're doing and what you're trying to feel. Yeah. Um well, I'm curious how deep, like, if we're talking about skeletal structures and bony adaptations, mm-hmm. are we talking about um, fascia, which a couple of years ago, like, what is fascia? We don't, there's, there's yeah. no, no, there's so much more. There's no real, like, you can't measure it. You can't mm-hmm. feel it. Like, I can flex my arm and feel like, yeah, I'm, I can flex that. Like, what is fascia? I can't feel it. So how am I going to communicate it? Yeah. Um, there's just different parts of the body that if people, if the person you're talking to doesn't have the awareness and the yeah. feel for it, you're just saying words and it's all kind of wishy-washy and well, like, I think, I, I think more, where how do you get to the point where it's actually useful and meaningful? Yeah. Well, I think your, you know, main point, like you're saying there is super valid in the same way. It's like, you know, a lot of hitters that I work with, I always tell them this. I'm like, dude, if you need to understand the body, how I understand the body before you can hit, we're in trouble. Like you're paying me because I understand the body. Right. Or I understand some things that whatever you want, some knowledge, right. That I'm, you know, from experience or whatever that is that I'm expressing on you. So sometimes when they start going down the rabbit hole, we're like, I'm always in, like, I'll educate them on like, you know, what they want to know and what that is. Some hitters, like obviously in the same sense, like they might need to know this much. They might just want, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Dude, I trust you. Like, tell me, I don't need to understand anything. I wasn't that guy. I want, you know, again, I think almost any hitting coach, you want to know if they're a regurgitator, how good they are. Like you ask three whys in a row and you'll see how much work they put in like oh we're gonna do this rule why well because it does this why why and like 
you get to past like the third why. And again, like obviously anybody can just BS like some answers, but I mean like in depth of like some understanding and some thought that's been putting into those other things where it's like, I feel like I can go like, I don't know how many layers, but I feel like we can go really deep on those other things. But again, along with that, when it comes out, that's why I think, you know, more than anything, especially um, with some of the things that we figured out from force plate stuff and just some ways that we've measured along with it. The reason I feel like, and the reason I have this perspective is that when I see people talking about data or measuring or all these other things, I'm like, like when I look at organizations, I'm like, you guys will be infinitely lost. Like you, you won't figure out, you won't figure out what that, why that's so important for over 10 years. Like I'm confident in that same way, but just be like, because you don't, if I think about it on the background, if like, if I had a start, I feel like it's like ass backwards. If I had a start with the perspective of look at the data and then try to figure it out, it's so conflicting because again, it's just like looking at exit velocity and trying to figure out how that exit velocity was created. There's so many different ways to create that exit velocity. There's so many different ways that are, and again, so much, so much of it is not what we want to do. And so because of that, you know, for example, if I'm just looking at torques, I can tell you again, like I told you last night, like I can tell you like five, five, six different ways to create ground torque. Right. So now when I look at that, it's like, you're trying to go backwards and they're like, okay, all these guys create it in different ways. And you know, what's good. And like, you're, you're, but again, the, the thing with it is like, and then when it's not an, an easy thing where someone thinks that they're going to look at it and you, you've looked at enough data at this point too. And if, if, if you haven't, hopefully I can iterate or illustrate a way of like, when you haven't looked at data, why it's not, it's some people think that it's like, you do a thing and it's like, nah, 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 and it like prints out a little thing for you. And it's like, <laughs> oh, he's doing this with his front hip. Like, that's not how it works at all. And again, you guys as a company are trying to automate that process because people don't understand. They haven't gone deep enough, right, to understand that it's even a problem, right? Like, like again, when uh, a guy the other day came in and gets his eval and he's like, hey, can you send me my data? I'm like, bro, you don't even know how complicated what you just asked me to do. Can you send me, like, yeah. Like, I have, I measured you on six different devices that none of them want to talk right? They all don't communicate with each other. And then when I give all that, you got this pretty, pretty presentation that I gave to you and made a storyline out of all of this information. And I made it make sense. When you go back and look at it, you're going to go, well, then you're going to have, you're going to pull up a chart and you've never seen, you haven't seen a hundred other charts to be able to look at that chart and understand. And you, again, so like with the, don't understand you, you haven't looked at you don't know base levels of biomechanics. You don't know base levels of anatomy. You don't know base levels of physiology. You don't know base levels of, you know, uh, 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 kinesiology. You don't have base levels. Like, it's like you infinite layers on all of those things. And then, two, you could do all of that. Like, for example, like we talked about last night. Oh, I'm not creating enough uh, vertical force in my front foot. So then guys start slamming their front foot in the ground. And they're like, well, the data is reading better. Oh, but then now there's all this other, now these other things popped up in my thing too. And how does that all court? Like, that's what I mean. It's like, you can waste so much time going down so many different paths where it's like, that's where I value on the other side of like, I still value information so heavily is because on the same sense of that is I know when there's a hundred and fifty, especially as a business, I'm thinking about this way, if there's 150 different routes that I can go through and yes, I could run down each one of those, but also too, by the time I spend a million here, 300 K there. 300k there like run down this whole thing and then finally when i do find out years from now to do that well i've already run out of so much funding and also too i've wasted so much time and on the same thing i'm competing against somebody else that is also trying to understand these things too and again if how valuable is that information to
to cut that learning curve, even if I could just guide you in the right direction. Imagine if you're getting direction somewhere, just like in your car and the person, no GPS, right? If someone could just put you on the right path, hey man, there's, there's going to be 10 roads that show up right here and don't take the five this way and don't take the four that way. Like the one that has the yellow sign with the church on the right and the what, like that's your road. You know, again, like with just that alone, how much, how valuable that is comparison to go run down all these branches of trees by yourself. And I think it's almost compounding, you know, uh, value of information, the same thing. For example, when I, you know, when like you and I talk and the same thing, like, why would I want to experience all the loss, pain, all those other things that you've gone through, right? To learn what you know, rather than just building my house on top of yours. I don't want to build my own building. I want to build my building on top of yours. I want to build my information on top of your information. I don't want to start from scratch every generation. Like, why would I want to do that? Like, we wouldn't be anywhere. Imagine if I needed to understand how a light bulb worked before I actually started doing things. Imagine if I needed to understand why, you know, again, the doctor, he's got to explain to me everything of how he's doing my surgery and how it would perform it. And I would have to perform the surgery. Not like, just let the dude perform the surgery on you. You know, like, again, he's done, you know, 10,000 surgeries. I've done the same exact thing. And that's where I look on the same thing as like insight or the uh, consultation or these private sectors or whatever somebody's really gone down a rabbit hole on is like, hey, like, that's why I, I feel like on the same way. It's like how I present it to you, I have to go so deep so that I can come back up and give you what you need to know. But also communication. Also, would you even know who I am if I couldn't market? And that, There's all the, these. The, the whole like you're trying to make money crowd. Oh, yeah. Like, well. If I don't do this for a living, I got to do something else. For sure. So you're mad at me for trying to help. and Yeah. Or you're mad at me also, too, that I'm getting paid because I'm helping people. Isn't that the soul of every business? Again, do you walk into the grocery store and go, you guys are trying to make money? It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> we're also serving you. You know, yeah. You walk go up to your, go grow your own Dutch, plants. Walk up to your Dutch bros and go, you guys are trying to make money. Like, well, yeah, I'm also serving you a coffee, bro. And also, too, how much money have you paid me for how much value I've actually given you? And poured in the other thing. And then also, too, how much have you created? One, to get on there again. And I also, uh, this Gary V thing, is he kind of gave me perspective on this as well. Someone, like, you might have spent, I don't know. Let's say it's a, you took 10 hours on a project. You put it into this perfectly crafted video, all these other things. So valuable. And someone gets on there. Again, they're, you know, at A, right? And you're at Z or whatever. And you've done all these things. And they spend two seconds. And they're like, again, they see a phone board. And they're like, you're an idiot, blah, 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 right? And they move on, right? But the thing that like Gary Vee kind of talked about as well is like, hey, in their mind, in their mind, it's not that personal, you know? Like they spent, they gave you two seconds. How, how long does it take to say you're an idiot, move on with their day? And then, you know, me as a creator being like taking that personal, right? Like, because again, on top of that, he said, you're an idiot. He doesn't know how he contributed where I'm like, now there's three more people that told me that I was an idiot. Then there's a hundred comments, right? All of a sudden these things and it's, People arguing back and forth and all these other things that happen. But in reality, like it took him two seconds and he really didn't care that much anyways, but you cared, you know, because you put so much time and all these other things into it or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, this is like when someone, you know, if someone were to come up and like criticize your parenting or something, like it's just like, okay, I do this every day. You know, like, so well, I, you know, if somebody tried to do that, it, it's not even worthy of a conversation for sure. Yeah. Contextually. Yeah. And so I think, um, to again go back to your original question is when I see that is like when I, we talked about this like when I was like getting interviewed for organizations I'm like you don't even have somebody that can interview me 
you know, and I didn't mean that as like, it, it, it might come off from a sense of like cockiness, but I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like, like, because I, I'm saying that out of a sense of like protection for you is that like, I could be BSing you. Right. And also on the other end of that, like I could be so valuable, but you don't value it yet. So either way, you know, along with it, and that's a scary position because let's say some new leadership comes in. Well, they might have the same thing and they undervalue me now and same thing. And like, I'm the first one out the door. I'm the first one that gets the ax, you know? So there's this other, this other side where I come in from those senses. Like I, anytime I feel like you're in a situation where you're trying to express your value, you know, I think that, um, you're in a tough spot, you know? And obviously that's the sense of like marketing and some of these other things that you do. But again, I think it's more like, you know, from a soft perspective, like I don't like hard, try to hard sell, um, like almost ever anymore it's just like if i have to like the time it's going to take to hard sell you for you to probably most likely say no or again when i come in as a partner you're probably going to devalue me anyways um and the moment something doesn't happen how you expect it to happen like you're in a ditch like it's just like well this is already a loss like you know we were not we shouldn't be having this conversation if there isn't a, a deeper level of value here and from the other side it's it's fine like maybe i do need to go a way out, you know, again, do it for longer, all these other things of having that value more expressed. And I need to do a better job expressing that, um, separate from, you know, this deal. I, maybe I need to circle back on this in three years, four years, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is, um, I think is a big piece, but the, um, the conversations. So you, you've had plenty of conversations with MLB orgs. I've had plenty of conversation with MLB orgs. The, yeah. the question I always start with is what are you struggling with? And then I, the second question is, how are you measuring success?